talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Evening, it's Scottish Cup semi-final weekend, which sadly means no Dons game until Wednesday, but it is a big one in the fight for third as Hibs come calling. Tomorrow, it's all about Cove Rangers as they take on a decent Airdrie side in the Scottish Championship playoff semi-final. First leg, boss Paul Hartley knows how tough the challenge is. We've got a very good Airdrie team in front of us. Two tough games. We're home on Saturday. Been tight, tight affairs so far between Airdrie. They're on a good run. They're a formed team. But look, we'll, we'll get into the game with, with a lot of confidence. You know, the players will, will be ready. And I'm sure they've got for it. Saturday's, it's just about Saturday's game. Forget the next game. You know, the players will be well prepared. They're, they're ready to go. They're excited. Looking forward to it. They want the season to continue. They've done ever so well this season, so just got to keep pushing and, and see what it takes. Is it? We'll make sure that we stay in the game for the return leg. North Sound One Red Friday. Yes, this is Red Friday. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Andrew Shiny and Dave McDermott. Lots to talk about new signings, the playoffs, the Scottish Cup semi-finals. But let's start with that game last weekend at Livy. Uh, good win for the Dons, who look much better, Andrew. They did. Uh, I was at home watching it on TV. Dave was at the game. Probably postponed if you'd have gone down. Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, the weather's <laughs> postponement type weather, you know. <laughs> it's true. It's well, true. I believe you did have a downpour in Dundee on your it way was there. Very and heavy, yeah. <laughs> Had that been me driving down, I'd been expecting the phone call from Lisa to say, there's a pitch inspection. Oh, no, no doubt. Sake, not again. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, it was a, a good victory. And the, the real bonus for Aberdeen was the return of Ryan Hedges. Yeah. Um, scored after only four minutes of his return but it just seemed to change the dynamic of the game Dave I mean you could see just how good a player he is and how much we've missed him Yeah you you wonder sometimes after a player's been out for a good few weeks like Ryan has whether they will return to the, the form they were showing which in Ryan's case he was the standout for most of the season up until then but he looked to be exactly in the same uh, frame of mind and uh, you know I asked him afterwards, you know, is he going to make a late charge for the Welsh squad given that there's extra three places now? And to be honest, if he scores goals like that and plays like that, there's, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, um, and good to see Callum Henry score again. Um, excellent header from Conor McLennan, who was showed his attacking instinct despite being the right back nominally for the game um, and Henry popped in with the rebound to get his his third goal for Aberdeen you know we, we criticised that Livingston pitch but we actually have a decent record down there Yeah. Uh, but it was an important three points considering what was happening at Easter Road because I must admit I didn't think that St Johnston uh, would win there but it was an absolute gift for Glenn Middleton when you see it. I mean, what Ryan Porteous thought he was doing, having won the ball, then plays it virtually a blind ball across the face of his own box, straight to Middleton, who has time to take a touch and then pick whichever square of the net he wanted to hit. Um, but that was the bonus for Aberdeen, allied to the Ryan Hedges being back, which makes Wednesday night's game now also important. Um, Unfortunately, there's still such a big disparity in the goal differences between the two sides that um, it does mean that Aberdeen are going to have to go into the last game if they win against Hibs on Wednesday night unless they win 5-0 unless they win 5-0 now <laughs> I knew that, that ever the optimist to my left here would be would be saying things like that but um, I think it would mean that you're going into the final games with Hibs playing Celtic Aberdeen down at Ibrox thinking we've got to get a better result on the day than Hibs get yeah. but it's still, there's still a chance 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is still possible. Hibs are in the driving seat. They'll be looking at that and thinking, right, let's just get, let's make sure we don't get beaten. That's first and foremost. They'll try not to get beaten on Wednesday. Um, but, you know, from a Don's perspective, last week it was certainly much better. Second half, particularly, I mean, the first half was a bit kind of. It was a bit slow, a bit of a slow start. It felt a, a, like a, an end of season game in the first half, but then it actually came to life, and it was it was actually very entertaining. But I thought Aberdeen played some really good football. Yeah, so did I. I, I thought it was a, a very in, for a living snabber Aberdeen games, which are normally pretty turgid affairs. It was it was quite good to watch, and it was interesting uh, battles like uh, the Jet. <laughs> and Jack McKenzie, which is a very it's unfair a, contest. It's a player that depends. You know, J. Emmanuel Thomas, when he's on form, he's he's great. And but he scored a, another worldie, yeah. um, which will help his club to, or find in finding a new club when he leaves Livingston at the end of the season. But yeah, no, Aberdeen played. There was good performance. I thought Dylan McGeoch was absolutely outstanding um, mm. in the in the middle of the park in the engine room for Aberdeen and uh, he certainly did his uh, chances of a regular start absolutely no harm whatsoever Yeah, Conor McLennan had a couple of moments um, <laughs> we'll have to talk about them I think uh, Andrew, we had that, that kick out at Craig Sibbald but also there was the short back pass which uh, which nearly gifted Livingston a chance um, not not the best 10 minutes or so for him he had a pretty solid game outside of that but a couple of moments there just yeah, you just kind of want to say, just calm it down a bit. Let's not react like that. Yeah, the the Sibold one, um, Grant Irvin, I think he was only refereeing his fifth Premiership game. And I'm not convinced that he saw an awful lot of the incident. We saw it from the TV pictures. Um, Sibold has a go at Connor. Connor swings an arm and a boot at Sibold, catches him a wee bit. Sibold comes back for another bite. Um, And I think the referee got it just about right, saying yellow card apiece. But then when Sibold commits another clear yellow card offence, I think was it Niall McGinn that he took down? Um, Could very easily have been sent off, but I think the referee was maybe thinking, you know... Maybe McLennan was worse than Sibold in that in the incident between the two of them, so I won't send him off. Uh, yeah. Marvin Bartley got away with one, having been booked. Um, another clear yellow card offence, but it was it wasn't a dirty game at all. No. I mean, and to be honest, there, there's there's often far too many shouts for cards when really there's no need for them to be given. Just a, a, a common sense approach from the referee, a word in the ear. But to be honest, it's players that are always demanding cards to be given to their their opposite numbers uh, when when they are fouled. So um, you can't have it both ways. But uh, no, I, I would agree with Dave. It was it was much more entertaining um, but uh, Connor's just that as you say a wee 10 minute spell where things weren't going right but credit to him he stuck to his task and he was so instrumental in that first goal and that was so important because it always had the look of a game that the first goal was going to be very important yeah massively uh, and it turned out to be decisive and speaking about Big Jet again you can see why he was in Arsenal's books as a youngster mm-hmm. um He's just got that that ability that a lot of players don't, um, Andrew. The, the, and he's also very strong and very physical. And you know, but the problem with, is his consistency, I guess. Like well, most players that are playing that, for Livingston and not Arsenal, yeah, I guess. That, that's the problem. That's why he's he's playing up north of the border. Um, but he's got the capability there. Um, I think you know that. He's not going. To, if he's going to be pushing forward, he's not going to do an awful lot in the way of tracking back. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Andy Ritchie of yesteryear. Um, not 
what you would call uh, the most animated, the hardest working of players. But my goodness, give him a chance to, to show his skills and he will punish you. Yeah. Um, He's not a player, Dave, that you would want the defence as a defender. You don't want to see him sort of running at you because he's, as you say, he's got the strength but also the skills, as Andrew said. Yeah, and that, that's two games against Aberdeen recently that he's been arguably the certainly he's been the man of the, the, the match in terms of a Livingston perspective yeah. but he's arguably particularly in the cup tie arguably was the, the, the player of the of the tie but he he has played against Aberdeen earlier in the season where he was totally anonymous <laughs> and just he forgot he was playing to be yeah, honest absolutely. But, uh, just one of these types of players that yeah. uh, either love or get very frustrated at. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of the end of the season, which is nearly upon us, there will be signings. I am sure it's going to be a very interesting summer for a lot of teams, the Dons no less, and Motherwell and Scotland defender Declan Gallagher will join the the Dons in the summer after agreeing a two-year deal. Also, Gary Woods has agreed a two-year deal to stay on at Pataudry when his loan deal ends in the summer. Let's get the thoughts of our fan reporter, Graham Watt, on that signing of Declan Gallagher. Yeah, Mike, going by the, the response on Facebook and Twitter and so on last night, everyone's delighted to get Gallagher in. You know, he's a good player, solid defender, he's a captain. And you know, that's what everybody needs. You want leaders in your squad, and he's certainly one of them. A Scotland international as well. So um, he, he'll he'll certainly do a good job for us. Um, hopefully that's the first of many signings that Stephen Glass will be making this summer. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, Mike, and it's certainly... Certainly a good one for the fans. Yeah, a decent signing um, when he signed for Motherwell, Andrew. I remember at the time thinking, well, that's, that's not a bad signing because obviously he's he's shown, he's a Scotland international, he's shown his quality, very reliable defender and a, I think a good signing overall. I think the, the fans are pleased. Yeah, I mean, good, solid, no-nonsense defender, but he can play a bit from the back and that would appear to fit in with the, the ethos of the, the Stephen Glass era that um, you play football from the back, it's possession based um, he's, he's been around for a while um, but he's a good age 30 for a, a defender coming mm-hmm. in there and he's played 360 odd games he's only once ever come on as a substitute and apart from being invited to leave the field early by a referee on a, a number of occasions I think it's three um, there's only been another five or six games that he hasn't completed the full 90 minutes. So he's obviously fit in a, a very integral part of uh, whichever team he's played for. Uh, started his career on Celtic's books, went out on loan to Stranraer, um, didn't really make it at Celtic, went to Clyde and then got the move to Dundee, where incidentally he played against Andy Considine and broke his leg. <laughs> broke Andy's leg. Oh, I see. Um, but apparently, <laughs> he, he told him that at a, a Scotland get together, and Andy said, "Look, no hard feelings." Then probably thought, "Right, it was you, was it?" <laughs> uh, um, but uh, no, he, he got the move to Livingston. Uh, was an integral part of their success and in, in coming through the playoffs to get into the Premiership, and then went to Motherwell. And as you say, he's been captain and. A good, a good player, but a good character there as well by the looks of things. Um, and it's going to be interesting now to see Dave, you know, who the centre backs are that are going to be kept on by the club because you're going to have uh, Ash Taylor, Mikey Devlin, and Tommy Holbin all out of contract at the end of the season, and I can't see all three. Probably a maximum of one of those players being kept on. Yeah, I mean, obviously we'll find out in the in the next couple of weeks, but yet. You- 
it does then the signing of uh, Gallagher does indicate that which is no no real surprise uh, with uh, the the contract situation that there will be changes and uh, yeah at least one probably two out of those three would be pl- applying their trade elsewhere next yeah. season in- interestingly though the, the strangest fact for Declan Gallagher for me is how tall he is he's 6 foot 6 and as you said Andrew a player that, that could really play with a ball at his feet but, but very tall um, perfect for a centre back obviously but uh, uh, he's certainly not going to have a problem in the air no, and he's got the nose to show it. Um, it goes <laughs> in a few true. different directions. Uh, but he, he scored against Aberdeen, I'm sure, for, for Motherwell. Um, I seem to remember him getting a winner uh, up at Petaudry a couple of seasons back. Um, not a prolific scorer for, for a guy of that height. Uh, 20 goals in his, in his senior career. But mm. um, the fact that he got called into the Scotland squad at a time when the games were very, very important and mm. kept his place there uh, when Scotland were enjoying a bit of success tells you a lot about him and I think he and Andy Considine have played together uh, for their country and that's maybe what Stephen Glass is looking at thinking that's my central defensive partnership for next season. Could well be. Also Gary Woods signing a two-year deal Dave and uh, we've been singing his praises recently. He's done very well since he's come in after Joe Lewis's injury um, and his loan deal was due to end at the end of the season we thought this might happen but it's now been confirmed Yeah and, and why would you look elsewhere when you've got a, a keeper that's proved himself to be very able, he yeah. knows the club the club know him uh, Gordon Marshall knows him inside out now so no, it's a very logical signing and a, and a good signing for the club because to have two class keepers as we do and Tom Ritchie youngster coming through as well as uh, over yeah. as well and as well as that Andrew I, I guess in previous seasons you've always seen goalkeepers as understudy to Joe Lewis it's just been the way it's been now I'm sure that will likely be the case th- next season but it's a, an understudy that can really push and with all respect to some of the previous goalkeepers you feel that Gary Woods now that he's had that chance might have just he might just have the edge over some of the, the previous understudies to actually really push Joe Lewis yeah I think um, he's shown that uh, he can he can stand on his own two feet, basically. Mm-hmm. He's, he can make a case to be first-choice goalkeeper from the albeit limited appearance that he's, he's made for Aberdeen. But it is so important that, that you've got good backup. Yeah, I think it's very similar to Thomas Cherney because yeah. Thomas only got a couple of chances against Hibs, yeah. uh, but again, didn't let the club down and, and is a very, very able keeper. So I think it's a similar situation where you can, if Joe is injured, hopefully not, or suspended, then you've got absolutely no qualms to put Gary in, as was the case a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, well, I think that I think what we said a couple of weeks ago is that the highest compliment we could pay Gary was that, um, you know, Joe wasn't missed. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it didn't weaken yeah. the side at all. No, it didn't, and he, he also was, again, he, he obviously down at Livingston, you're right beside a, an empty stadium, right beside the pitch, and he certainly makes himself heard. Uh, he's very vocal, which you want, as Joe is as well. Yeah, if you want anyone in the pitch being vocal, it's the goalkeeper, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, most of them, you, well, most goalkeepers, you just don't mess with them. You just agree and get on with the game, I reckon. <laughs> uh, we've got loads more to talk about because, of course, Cove Rangers have a huge playoff semi final tomorrow as well as that. It's a massive game for the Dons in the race for third place. Hibs. Uh, come to Petodri on Wednesday so more of that plus we're going to hear from uh, Rob Wicks and Dave Cormack ahead of the new season season tickets and crowds on the agenda all that's still to come next on Red Friday It's time to talk football It's time 
time to talk dogs. North Zone 1, Red Friday. This is Red Friday and a huge game for the Dons on Wednesday. It's Aberdeen against Hibs, second last game of the season and commercial director Rob Wicks speaking to Red TV is keen to see crowds back to Pataudry in time for the new season and he says the Dons have a plan in place. We know in, in, in level zero we could have 2,000 fans in already. At level one it's 1,000 and, and, and at level two it's 500. So those those numbers have gone up and, and improved as we've worked our way through the pandemic. We want to um, look at activities around fan zones. We've talked about this for a long time, but we have opportunities to use some of our, our own facilities or, or bolting on facilities adjacent to the stadium where we can provide entertainment pre and, and post match. Season tickets, sales will be hugely important as Aberdeen enter a new era under Stephen Glass and Chairman Dave Cormack spoke to Red TV to update the fans on how things are looking. So the response has been great and about... Uh, 12.5% of those are actually new season ticket holders, um, which is which is um, important as well as we, we, we try to drive forward, drive the club forward with an aspiration of getting to 15,000 season ticket holders, you know, in the next medium term. If you help us get to 9,000 season tickets this year, each season ticket holder will get 5% cash back to spend at the club. If we get 13,000 season tickets sold uh, this year, it's 25%. North Zone 1, Red Friday. Yeah, some incentives for fans laid out there by Dave Cormack, Andrew, and it is going to be another very interesting season because, of course, like last year, we don't know what's going to happen in terms of fans returning to the stadium, but at least we feel that there's a bit more clarity now that the vaccine programme is in a much better place uh, than it was even just a couple of months ago. And it's going to be very interesting. It's not an easy job for any club right now to sell season tickets. New manager, though, new look team and excitement. That's going to count for a lot. Yeah, you hope so. Um, at least this year, um, you know, we've heard, it was either today or maybe earlier yesterday, um, that 15th of June at 9 o'clock in the morning, the fixtures will be released. This time last year, we didn't know if there was going to be any football at all. Mm. So, yes, progress has been made. The next step, which is a big, big step, is getting fans back into the ground. And as Rob Wick said there, if we're in level zero, we can get 2,000 and we saw the difference that it made having 300 in the ground, Dave. Oh, you, game, you, yeah. you were, it wasn't the same as a normal game um, pre-pandemic, but it was so much better than the almost eerie silence that surrounds most games. And you could tell from the players' reaction that, uh, you know, what a relief it was f- for them. And as you say, it was only a few hundred fans, but uh, it was a step we thought at the time in the right direction. Oh, how wrong we were. <laughs> yeah, it, well, this is, of course, the, the difficulty of planning anything uh, in 2021. But it certainly seems we have a bit of a, a more clear route forward. And it's, it's certainly going to be interesting. And I think these signings, Andrew, um, we, we mentioned it there, but Scott Brown coming in, Declan Gallagher. We're going to see a lot, a lot in the way of new faces for sure. I think that's kind of, you know, we, we, we're taking that as as red. But um, certainly so far the signs have been good as as with the caliber of player that's coming in. Yeah, it's important that you, the signings that you make aren't just you know quantity. It's got to be quality, and so far so good in that respect. We've we've signed a serial winner in Scott Brown who 
by common consent is going to lift the the, the bar in terms of performance and demands on players um, to a new level. Uh, Declan Gallagher, the Motherwell captain, a Scottish internationalist, that's all good. Gary Wood, very experienced, has proved his worth uh, in the, the short space of time that he's been in, been able to play first-team football um, because of Joe's injury. Uh, so, yeah, and I, I'm sure that given the fact that... Um, we are now selling season tickets. Uh, the club will want to be drip-feeding more signings in as we approach the, the new campaign, just to, to keep the, the momentum, keep the, the the desire of the fans to buy season tickets uh, uppermost in their minds. Yeah, absolutely. And still plenty to play for this season for the Dons. Two games to go, and it's Aberdeen Hibs on Wednesday night. Hibs three points ahead of the Dons in third place with that superior goal difference. Let's get the thoughts of our fan reporter, Graham Watt, ahead of the game on Wednesday and find out how he thinks things are going to pan out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Mike taking on Hibs on Wednesday night. It'll be a good game. Um, Aberdeen know they need to win, so I expect Aberdeen to just go for it. Um, Hibs might be a little bit more cautious. They know they've got a little bit more to lose than we have, so... um, Get the win, Mike, and we, it's a hell of a final day. You know, we can go to Ibrox and spoil the title party, which would be brilliant. We haven't won there for a while, so um, it gives us something to play for if we beat Hibs. You know, we'll still need Hibs to lose. They've got a, a, a lot better goal difference than us, so that's technically another point. And so it's, it's Hibs to lose third position, but, you know, we're giving it a go, and that's all you can really ask for. So I think from Aberdeen's point of view, just just try and get the win and keep it alive um, and you never know what can happen Mike Gabardine have done it before they went to Celtic Park and won when we needed to win um, to get second so it's interesting Mike and I'm looking forward to it hopefully the, the players are as well and it's an exciting time coming up for Aberdeen I think the fans should be excited yeah a couple of uh, big games left this season and then of course it's the summer and uh, Andrew just looking at the game on Wednesday we've, we've talked about it before we move on to talk about the, the huge game that Cove have in just a couple of minutes I want to get your thoughts on Wednesday how do you think uh, Stephen Glass is going to set the team out we've seen a different style of football starting to come into the, the starting 11 is he going to continue with that and do you, do you think that they'll do the job on Wednesday are they going to get the win Yes and yes. <laughs> I think Done. definitely we will continue with the style of football because um, I think I said last week, if, if you keep chopping and changing, it, it, it introduces um, confusion into, into the minds of players and that's the last thing you want. They want clarity of thought uh, when they're going out onto the pitch. Uh, there was a very good interview on, on Red TV with uh, Alan Russell, uh, the first time that we've heard from uh, the... England strikers coach about the role that he's playing at Aberdeen and he's all about getting players confidence up so that it, it's not a case of you know you're, he says you've got to have belief rather than hope he says average players hope that they're going to do things he said confident assured players believe they're going to do things and if they can get that through to uh, the squad at Pataudry and judging by how he was describing uh, the response from the group of players there um, it would appear that they're on course for that Um, I think we're going to see that style of play that we've seen in its embryonic stages over the last three, four games develop and they're not going to change it for for Hibs. Hibs are a good footballing side. They will allow you to play football um, because 
they want you to be open so that their style is suited to, to hitting on the break for the pace of Martin Doyle, Martin Boyle rather, um, the, the striking power of uh, Doidge and Nesbitt up top. But uh, at times when they're put under pressure defensively, they can be found wanting. You saw it with Ryan Porteous, good young player, but still um, susceptible to making errors. You saw it in the game against St Johnston. I think a lot will depend on the, the Cup semi-final result. Yeah. Because if Hibs get through to the Cup final, third place in the table doesn't really matter to them because it's winning the Scottish Cup that gets you into the Europa League. If you finish third in the table, it's exactly the same as winning fourth in the table. If you haven't got the Scottish Cup behind you, you go into the same uh, qualifying round of the Conference League. So um, a lot will depend on uh, the, the Cup semi-final result. A lot will depend also on uh, you know the, what the semi-final takes out of Hibs because Aberdeen have had 10 days uh, between games. Hibs have only got... Th- a couple of days to recover from their, their semi-final yeah. uh, to, to play against the Dons so uh, I, I think we've, we've played well against Hibs this season Dave, I mean the, 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 the game at Pataudry, very comfortable for Aberdeen, the game that you saw down at Easter Road um, when we won down there, Aberdeen played well, we didn't play well the second time, there's no getting away from that, we were poor that day, but we've got the capability of beating Hibs Yeah, and I think uh, you know th- the quarter-final of the Scottish Cup, the, the players let themselves, the fans, everybody down, and by just not turning up in the day, this is equally important from a Don's perspective, and I think they will turn up on the evening. Uh, and as Andrew says, a lot will depend on how Hibs get on at the weekend. But yeah. when it was Aberdeen Hibs at Pittori Earl in the scene, you're obviously right. I mean, it was it was a so comfortable. We made Hibs look very ordinary that day. So fingers crossed we can do exactly the same again. Yeah, it is a huge game for the Dons on Wednesday, but equally huge is Cove Rangers' task tomorrow because, well, they have a, a chance of reaching the championship and uh, to do it, well, they've, they've got a tough run of it. They've had a tough run of it. I mean, I still, I'm still reeling from the fact that Falkirk didn't make it in in the end. I mean, what on earth is going on with Falkirk? <laughs> the bottom absolutely fell out of their season, didn't it? I mean, the, the decision to do away with um, Lee Miller and David McCracken as their management team, it just did not work out. Uh, <laughs> Whether they thought that the experience of Gary Holt would turn things around, well, it just it just got worse. It didn't yeah. get any better. I mean, they went from you know pole position to not even getting into the playoffs. Yeah. But uh, that's by the by. We're more interested in how Cove Rangers perform against Airdrie. Airdrie have got some experienced players: Paul Payton, um, Dale Carrick. They've got the skills of Thomas Robert, the son of the former Arsenal man, Lauren Robert. But Cove have shown when push comes to shove uh, that they can grind out results. They did it against Montrose, who equally huge congratulations to Stuart Petrie and his team for getting themselves into the playoffs. They play against Morton tomorrow, um, and it's the winners of of these two that will um, decide who plays against Cove or Airdrie for the right to play in the championship. So it's... It's the two biggest games, I would suggest, in Cove's history, Dave. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, as you say, they've proved that when the odds are stacked against, they, they come up with the goods and they've had so many games to play. The players will now be almost getting used to playing game after game of big 
great importance, which the last few have been as well. Yeah, I mean, so, la- last week losing 2-0 to Airdrie, I, it doesn't really matter though, does it? I mean, it's kind of, it's been and gone and, and actually now, Dave, it's kind of irrelevant because it's like a cup final. It is, and it's also very difficult to, to predict. It's like most of our predictor scores, you just, you <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way. No. It's another one like that, but uh, again, you know, home advantage, they'll be looking to take a, a decent, or hopefully a couple of goals lead down to the, the away leg on Tuesday so uh, and ideally with a clean sheet so you know a 2-0 result I think Paul well, Hartley th- would grab your hand for that I think, I think it's one of those situations where you can't win the tie tomorrow but you can lose it Mm-hmm. Um, from Coe's perspective if they were to lose 2-0 like they did last week it would be very very difficult but even if they were to win 2-0 tomorrow Airdrie would still think hey we beat them 2-0 just a couple of weeks back yeah. last week in fact we're still in this um, it's not. It's going to go the full 180 minutes or indeed it may go to extra time and penalties yeah. in, in the, the second leg it's, it's one that you really cannot choose between the two sides because they're both in decent form Yeah, you've got to say as well Dave that what a great job Cove have done since they've come up to the leagues and, and Paul Hartley as well to come in, it's not an easy job I and mean, people might look at it and think well it's it's Cove, they've got they've got a bit behind them, they've got that new stadium they've got. but actually it's a very difficult job for anybody to keep that momentum going and to be in with a shout so quickly of getting into the championship is nothing short of a fairy tale really. Yeah, it is remarkable in, in many ways and and uh, like everybody else, Cove have been hit really hard by the the pandemic um, and you know lack, lack of income, which has has changed Paul's plans in terms of signings, etc. Yeah, like like it has so many clubs. So it would be absolutely amazing if they ended up in the championship. It's a tall order, but uh, I'm I'm sure they're up for the challenge. Yeah, th- I think it would be fair to say Cove have had a target in their backs since day one of their senior career because yeah. here was the, the side that came up through the Highland League, coming in to join up with the big boys. Having a bit of money behind them, a new stadium, etc., etc., and all the League Two sides would have been going. We're going to show them. And remember, we were at the first game against Edinburgh City, yeah. who who came up with that attitude and yeah. got sent back south with their tails between their legs after a five-nil defeat. So yeah, Cove have had that expectation, uh, that sort of thing that everybody wants to beat them. Um, and they've handled it so well Uh, it's a remarkable story and and we wish them every success um, over the the next two, hopefully four games which could see them be a championship club which would be fantastic for the city of Aberdeen it absolutely would and uh, of course the two games they all well it begins tomorrow three o'clock kickoff, and then Tuesday evening is the return leg Uh, so Kofu as you say be looking to get off to a good start tomorrow we've still got Beat the Pundit to come and as well as that uh, we'll be taking a look at the Scottish Cup semi-finals and more Dons to all on the way in just a minute It's time to talk football It's time to talk Dons North Sound 1 Red Friday Yes it is and it's Scottish Cup semi-final weekend and the Dons in action on Wednesday evening against Hibs who are in third the Dons in fourth last week on Beat the Pundit it was Aberdeen women's co-manager Emma Hunter who had a go how did Emma get on against Dave I mean I'm guessing it was quite close well if you remember she had five of the six uh, results 
exactly the same as Dave. Uh, the other one, um, they both had the, the same outcome. They both went for a draw in the, the St Mirren Hamilton game, and of course. It wasn't the case. So, surprise, surprise, a 2-2 draw between oh, well, the pair. There we are. <laughs> uh, this week, we'll find out if the scores are identical or completely different. It's uh, Don's fan, Leighton Rafferty, who's up against Dave. Let's get uh, Leighton's predictions. He gave them to Graham. Yes, Mike, taking on Dave tonight is Leighton. Leighton, first up, we're going to start with Saturday's Scottish Cup semi-final. Dundee United versus Hibs. The score predictions for that one. Hi, Graham. Uh... Dundee United versus Hibs, Scottish Cup semi-final. I actually think Dundee United is going to nick it. I don't know if Hibs will have third place in the back of their mind, but it might just put them off a wee bit, so I'm going to go 2-1 Dundee United. And on Sunday, we have the second Scottish Cup semi-final, St Mirren versus St Johnston. Your score predictions for that one? I think it'll be a com- comfortable win for St Johnston. Um, Callum Davidson has done an excellent job there, and it'll be 2-0 to St Johnston. Back to league action on Wednesday night, Leighton. First up, Dundee United versus Motherwell. Your score predictions for that one? Tricky one to call for Motherwell, Dundee United, without knowing the result for Dundee United in the semi-final, but all going well with my first prediction. I think it'll be... A 1-0 win for Motherwell. Livingston against Rangers. Although we do not want Rangers to go unbeaten, uh, I think they are far too strong for Livingston. So I'm going to say a comfortable 3-0 win for Rangers. Celtic against St Johnston. You expect Celtic to bounce back after the loss against Rangers, but as I said before, Colin Davis is doing an excellent job, so I'm going to go 1-1 with that game. Kilmarnock versus St Mirren. Huge game for Kilmarnock midweek, so I think they're going to get a 2-1 win against St Mirren. Ross County against Hamilton. Another huge game at the bottom of the table, Ross County versus Hamilton, but I think Ross County will just be too strong and I'm going to go for a 1-0 win for Ross County. And the final game on Wednesday night, the big one, Aberdeen against Hibs. Your score predictions for that one? I think Aberdeen are going to nick it. I think they've just got the momentum just now, um, so I'm going to go with a 2-1 win for Aberdeen. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Right, plenty of scores to go through, but we'll get yours first, Dave, and then we'll talk about the game. Starting with the Scottish Cup semi-final, Dundee United against Hibs. Uh, I've gone 2-1, but for Hibs. Okay, St Mirren against St Johnson on Sunday. Well, St Johnson, obviously, there's four players missing through COVID uh, restrictions and self-isolating. We don't know who the four players are, but uh, Andrew point out the signed Bobby Zamal the Hearts goalkeeper in the emergency loan so you would think one of them might be a goalkeeper um, so. but I, I think it's going to be very tight I think it'll take extra time so at 90 minutes I'm going for 1-1 OK moving on to the games on Wednesday then Dundee United they host Motherwell 1-1 and Livingston host Rangers uh, 0-2 Celtic at home to St Johnston 2-1 a tough one there a big game I should say for Kilmarnock there at home to St Mirren yeah lightly and I've gone for a 2-1 home win OK and there we've got Ross County hosting Hamilton can't separate them 1-1 and then Aberdeen Hibs 2-0 Aberdeen okay uh, let's well let's talk about the Scottish Cup semi-finals first of all Andrew because um, two interesting games but less interesting than they should have been really but uh, or we're less interested in them I should say uh, you were just talking to me there about your third place but of course Scottish Cup is, is where it's at for Europe and, um, and a huge chance for all those teams yeah, they'll be looking at this going wow what an opportunity we've got absolutely I mean win the Scottish Cup and you go into the Europa League if you get knocked out of the Europa League you go into the Conference League group stages. Mm. Three million quid. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money um, for for all four clubs. Um, so huge incentive for for them all. I do feel. You know, Hibs will just be too strong for Dundee United. Uh, United, you know, very good against Aberdeen, won comfortably, but then they go and lose at home to Ross County. Mm-hmm. It just shows that th- there's an inconsistency there. Hibs, they lost to St Johnston, but their se- their form over the season as a whole has been much better than Counties um, are, and are than Dundee United, I should say, and. That's why I fancy Hibs to get through there. The other one's going to be quite close, I think. Um, St Johnston, with this carrot of a cup double, who would have ever have thought St Johnston would have a cup double? They'd never won a cup until, what, four years ago? Yeah. Um, seven years ago, sorry. 2014. 2014, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're in with a, a terrific shout. Um but we don't know the identity of the four players. Uh, I think it's possibly Elliot Parrish, one of the goalkeepers, who's mm-hmm. one of the four, because I did see something about Xander Clark has returned from injury and will play. So right. that suggests that Lamal is there as backup because Parrish can't be there. But the other three, it's not a huge squad that Callum Davidson's got, although he has rotated quite a bit in recent weeks um, and players have come in and done a job for him, but he'd want to have his strongest side because Jim just, Goodwin St Mirren... I just hope it's not Murray Davidson because it's so much bad luck oh. in terms of injuries causing him to miss the semi-finals. Yeah, yeah um, I, th- I do think St Mirren will fancy their chances, but I just think, you know, I, the, the Callum Davidson Cup fairy tale is going to go on and it's going to end up being a Hibs St Johnson Cup final. Yeah, Dave, obviously two very interesting semi-finals, but again, what you would give for it to be Aberdeen in that semi-final tomorrow and it's it, you look at it and you, as Andrew pointed out, there's such a missed opportunity. Uh, totally. I mean, although for other clubs, their fans will be thinking exactly the same, but of course. it certainly was a missed opportunity. I mean, Dundee United, I think the the result against County last week to me, just indicates that they're now focusing 100% on the cup tie and yeah. trying to get to the final. And, and yet it was the same starting no, I know, 11 I know. that played in both games. Yeah. Yeah. But, but is there a desire thing there? Side. I mean, yeah. you have to think there's a bit of a desire there thing, Dave, as well. You can almost... The Dungeon United fans are going to forgive them that result entirely if they get through tomorrow. And I guess that is their thing. And, and, you know, what an incentive. So you could kind of almost... For a club the size of Dundee United, the season they've had coming back up, you can um, you can kind of understand that result if tomorrow goes their way. But if it doesn't, then you you obviously can't. <laughs> no, I think you'll see more like the Dundee United that uh, came to Pedardry a couple of weeks ago to, mm. uh, tomorrow against Hibs. But uh, Hibs will have watched that game as as well, so uh, they'll be ready for United being firing all cylinders for that win. And I, I do think, as I say, I went for two one Hibs. I do think Hibs will just stage it moving on to Wednesday Andrew there are, there's a full round of games and we've talked extensively about Aberdeen against Hibs what was your score prediction for that one by the way uh, 2-1 to Aberdeen, 2-1 to Aberdeen. Um, so looking at some of those other games Rangers will hope to keep their un, their uh, unbeaten record up in the league they've got Livingston uh, Dungeon United at home to Motherwell Celtic who <laughs> I mean who knows what's going to happen when Celtic <laughs> play any game at the moment they play St Johnston uh, Kilmarnock at home to St Mirren and Ross County Hamilton those are the games though aren't they that we're going to be watching oh, the, the- 
Kilmarnock, St Mirren, Ross County, Hamilton, Aki's games stand out. Uh, regardless of you know Aberdeen and Hibs going for third place, it's all about survival for for these four clubs. Kilmarnock, um, pretty rotten last week by all accounts, but at home against St Mirren, um, St Mirren weren't too clever themselves last week again. It's going to be dependent on the, the semi-final result. If St Mirren have got themselves to the cup final, they will certainly fancy their chances of going to Kilmarnock and winning. The Ross County Hamilton won. I just think home advantage may just edge it for Ross County. But Hamilton, you know, it's the time of the season that Hamilton come alive. Yeah, I, As I just, was shown last week. I just fancy Hamilton, Dave, for whatever. I think it's just this kind of resurgence that they're so used to this. Uh, situation that I'm, I don't know if they'll get out of it this time. I feel like they've just got that disadvantage of, of being the three points behind Ross County. It just is that extra psychological um, damage as well as the fact they are three points behind them. You just think the, the, the mountain is there to climb but if anyone can do it, it's Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, uh, Andrew and Leighton have gone for a home win. I've gone for a draw. You've gone for an away win which just shows how unpredictable <laughs> this is. Exactly. No, no idea. But yeah, they, as Andrew says, they, they do come alive at this time of the season. They They've been through this so many times before and they've amazed us all year upon year by managing to escape right at the death. So, And they've got a lot of players there that have been through this before as well, which might just uh, work in their favour. Yeah, I mean, certainly looking at the... Um, the Kilmarnock game as well there, uh, Andrew. I mean, Kilmarnock, again, it's been such a weird season for them and they just don't look anything like the Kilmarnock that, that we've been used to. But, I mean, they definitely have, I mean, goal difference-wise, they're a much stronger unit compared to the other teams. But, again, I just, they, they seem to have dipped again and, and just their form generally recently has not, not been good. And I just have this <laughs> fear. If I was a Kilmarnock fan right now, I'd be, I would be fearful. Yes, absolutely, because, um, you know, after... The, the home game against St Mirren, they finish off with a, an away trip to Hamilton. That's the last place that Kilmarnock want to go because they've been used to, you know, being in the limelight for all the right reasons. Now all of a sudden the spotlight's on them to say, have you got the bottle? Have you got the desire mm. um, to, to fight your way out? Because... That's not something you can ask of Hamilton. You know they've got that. They've got it in abundance. They've mm. shown it year after year when everybody has tipped them to go down. They've stayed up. So it's it's going to go right to the wire, this yeah. one. And you wouldn't fancy a playoff um, position either, would you, Dave? Because there's some strong teams in that championship uh, that'll be fighting for that opportunity. And what an opportunity for some of those teams as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, one of these teams is going to escape and really thank their lucky stars because what one of the other two will be relegated and one faces the dreaded playoff. Yeah, we've seen plenty of uh, top teams go down in recent seasons, um, albeit some of them might argue that maybe not as fairly as a playoff system, but uh, it's um, it's certainly going to be a tough challenge if any of them do end up, end up in that playoff position, Andrew. It's intriguing. I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, the, the playoffs and the split and such like have been heavily criticised, but invariably it throws up an end of season like this where every game, every point, every goal is a prisoner, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, it's it's going to make for a, a fascinating end to the season. I'm always just glad that we are not involved at that <laughs> end of the table. Because Let's not even go there. It's, uh, it's remember all too well what it was like 25, 26 absolutely. years ago and you don't want to revisit you, that. You don't want to be there. It's uh, Aberdeen Hibs on Wednesday tomorrow. It's all about Cove. We'll keep you up to date on Red Saturday right here on North Sound for 1. For Dave.
It's time to talk football. It's time to talk dance. North Sound 1, Red Friday. 